Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. Glad that you're with us for another week on our journey together, our road trip. This season we're talking about road signs. This is season five, episode four. And today we're introducing the yellow light. Now some might say a yellow light's not a, not a road sign, but is it on the road? Does it signal something? You can't spell signal without sign. Rest my case, okay? So... Let's ask the question, what is the purpose of the yellow light? A yellow light signal warns that the red light is about to appear. When you see the yellow light, you should stop, and if you can do so, do it in a way that will not cause an accident. So you stop. But if you can't stop, you look out for vehicles that may enter the intersection when the light changes, and you do your best to ensure safety for everybody. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before or not, but in the event that I haven't, I'll tell it again, and if I have, sorry, maybe it'll be better this time. When Megan and I were dating, we were on our way to celebrate my sister-in-law, Marissa. We were celebrating her birthday, and so we were going to go see a movie, and as we were driving to go to that movie, I was getting ready to clear an intersection. There was a car in front of me, and as we were driving, I noticed the light was turning yellow, but I knew that car in front of me was probably going to be able to make it, but we were not going to be able to make it, so I continued to go at a little bit of a pace, giving a little bit more of a break to try to slow down slower, ensuring safety, among other things, and I looked down for a split-second look up, boom, we hit this person. They had determined, evidently, to stop instead of continue going. Got into an accident because of that. The yellow light, a lot of times we look at it and we think that it means speed up. I'm guilty of that. So are you probably at least once. You have at least on one occasion said, I can make it. I can make it. Today, we want to first look at a proposal and problem. A proposal and problem. Number one, the proposal. How often do I need to forgive? If you go to Matthew chapter 18, you find what we know to be one of the greatest sections on church discipline, that we call it at least. But after that section had been discussed, Peter, in verse 21, goes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? And you might recall verses 15 through 18, but I'll go ahead and, or verse 15 through 17, we'll go ahead and read them just for some jogging of the memory. Moreover, verse 15 If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, congratulations, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, verse 16, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. 
So Peter has heard this statement by Jesus. He's heard what he has said about forgiveness and about how it's supposed to be done and trying to get a brother to come back. And he's curious, well, how often does that happen that I'm obligated to forgive? And so you probably have done it like I used to do, and I don't do it anymore, but I used to be so critical of Peter. I used to say, Peter, 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 how could you think that this was okay and acceptable? How could you believe that this is the way God wants you to behave? Then I studied. Quick side note here. Anytime you and I make a you know rash decision, a split decision, it better be met with some study. Because when I studied about this, I found something out. According to the Talmud, forgiveness was limited to three times. There are some speculations about whether that was three times a day or three times total, but nonetheless, forgiveness was limited by the Talmud. And I would imagine that the way that Peter approaches this is that Peter is understanding that Jesus is saying, well, my brother sins against me, I've got to go to him, and then if it doesn't go the way we hope, eventually that leads to me treating him like a heathen or a tax collector. So I would lean more toward the idea of three strikes you're out. Long before baseball, the Talmud had written that rule. So knowing that, what then did Peter do? Well, he had taken that three, and he doubled it to six. And even added one to make it seven. And this is significant because seven is considered a perfect number in Jewish understanding and customs. When you see the number seven, they would have viewed that as a perfect number. And so, yes, Peter wanted to know the limit of forgiveness. And if he's being generous here, that's wonderful. And it appears that that's what he's doing. It appears that he is being generous and saying, I want to know, God, how often do I have to do this? But he still missed the point. You see, true forgiveness cannot be limited to a numeric amount. Husbands, wives that might be listening, aren't you glad that that's the case? Aren't you glad that forgiveness is not limited to a numeric amount? Jesus is asked this question, but he's already answered it prior to even continuing on in verse 22, because on that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said in Matthew seven twelve, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. But I love actually what Jesus said prior to that, leading up in verses 9 through 11, where he was talking about what father is out there that is asked by his son, Daddy, I want some bread. What father would say, well, here's a stone, I guess you could eat that. You gnaw on that if you like. Or what father is asked by his son for a fish and gives him a serpent? And verse 11 says, if you being evil know and understand how to give good gifts 
What then will your heavenly Father do who is in heaven? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do to them. Peter had heard Jesus make this claim, and he still asked the question. And so that leads us from the proposal to the problem. Is there a correct amount of forgiveness, numerically speaking? Yes, forgive seven times. Jesus even said to him, I don't say to you up to seven times. He didn't deny that seven times was a good working number. And you and I should forgive somebody seven times if they ask for forgiveness. But do I keep a tally of how many times each person's wronged me to be able to say, Ha-ha! Gotcha! You reach number seven, that means you don't gain forgiveness anymore. Each time a person hits the quota, can you imagine, and I know I'm not the first preacher nor the last to make this point, but can you imagine how difficult your life would be? If every time you went anywhere new, you had to say, yes, uh, can I get your name? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, can I get your phone number? Okay. Why? Well, if you wrong me, I want to be able to keep a record. And then when you reach seven, I need to be able to call you to tell you you've been cut off. Can you imagine? Jesus goes on to say, yes, forgive beyond 490 times. He said to him, I don't say to you up to seven, but up to 70 times seven. Jesus took the number that Peter had suggested and he made it complete. And what I mean by that is the number 10 was considered a complete number in Jewish culture. And for him to make Peter's number 7 turn to 70 and say multiply it by that 70 was to illustrate just how forgiving they needed to be. And yet again, the question shifts to whether you and I keep a tally on how many times one has wronged us to state, well, that's 490. Any more than that, and you and I have a problem. That's what Peter seemed to be indicating, what he understood Jesus to mean. Also, wouldn't Peter have had a problem with his own proposal? You might recall in Matthew 16, verses 21 through 23, Jesus told his disciples that the Son of Man would go to Jerusalem, and be crucified. He was going to die. And Peter responded with, Not so, Lord. Far be it from you that that would happen. Jesus, you better stop talking because that ain't happening. And Peter, on that occasion, was not praised and asked to, you know, join the inner, inner circle of Jesus' following. Instead, Jesus looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty positive that if I were called Satan, I would think that I'd made a mistake and in need of forgiveness. Well, that's one. 
You might recall in Matthew 26, 69-75, that on another occasion, Jesus denied knowing, but Peter was denying knowing Jesus, I should say. Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. We're at four. Remember, seven times, that was the number that Peter prescribed. He also denied Jesus' cleansing on three different occasions in Acts 10, 9-16, where God brought down this sheet, and he said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat these animals that were considered to be unclean. And Peter's response was, Not so, Lord, you'd think he'd learn his lesson. I'll never eat anything that's uncommon or unclean. What I've cleansed, Peter, don't you call common. Don't you do it. We're at six. That's just the three times he denied Jesus in Matthew 26 and the three times he denied him in Acts 10. But if you count the one from when he was called Satan, we're at seven. Do you remember in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11 where Paul wrote that he withstood Peter to the face because he deserved to be blamed? He was in sin for pretending to be one way around one group of people and then being another way when the other group of people showed up. We're at eight. Eight times that I was able to just think of quickly. It's amazing that he himself would have failed if seven times was the only working number of forgiveness. And when you and I think about this particular study that we're going to have over the next two weeks after today, we're going to go next week into the parable that Jesus starts to say. And I want you to really stop and consider over the next week, how forgiving of a person do you think that you are? What all would you say is your greatest weakness in forgiving or your greatest strength? Lord willing, we'll pick up next week in Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. But until then, let's resolve ourselves to please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.